Have you ever started a project and you couldn't finish the project because you didn't have the right tool? It's never that way with God. With God, he always gives you every ability you need to do what he asks you to do. Welcome to Tell Podcasts. You're listening to encouraging words from Pastor Darren, bringing you truth and peace through God's word. In this episode, we talk about our abilities, our skills and talents from God. Are you using yours to serve your creator? Think, evaluate, learn, lead. T-E-L-L. Tell. Now here's Pastor Darren with encouragement to use your abilities for God's purpose. Thanks for listening. All he did was to raise his staff above the water. And when he did, the sea split in two and there was a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left. And his people, God's chosen people, the Israelites, scurried through, right through the dry ground of the sea, escaping the enemy Egyptians. If Moses was a superhero and he had a name, he would be called Deliverance. That, after all, was really the name, the original meaning of the name Moses means to draw out or to extract or to deliver. And deliverance was the ability that God had given to Moses. It started at a very young age. Uh, Moses was the son of slaves. These were Israelites who were slaves in Egypt. And uh, the Egyptians had given the order to kill all the Israelite baby boys because the Israelites were becoming a bit more numerous and strong and powerful. And so his, his mom, his Israelite mom, hid him in the Nile River. And then Pharaoh's daughter, King Pharaoh, his daughter, came and drew Moses out, delivered him from the Nile River. Moses grew up in the, in the palace in Egypt. He became the prince of Egypt. And at age 40, He was trying to deliver the Israelites on his own, his own people from Egypt, and he killed a man. And uh, that's when the Egyptians were after his head, and the Lord delivered him from Egypt into the wilderness where he spent 40 years. And during that 40 years, the Lord God delivered Moses from whom? From himself. When he was 80 years old then, the Lord called Moses from the burning bush. God was speaking from this burning bush. And he called Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to lead the Israelites now. I want you to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses says, I, I can't do it. And God says, yes, you can, deliverance, because I've given you this ability to do what I'm asking you to do. And Moses had a staff at that point, and that staff was his reminder the rest of his life that his abilities, even the ability to do miracles, were all given to him by God and were to be used only for God's purpose. Abilities are natural talents that everyone is born with. They're God-given skills that he gives to people. And then as believers, we use them to do what God wants us to do. So, we have a story today that takes place under Moses' leadership. It's in the Old Testament as Moses was leading the people of Israel for 40 years through the wilderness to the promised land. During that time, God had given a design for this deluxe 
tent of worship that's called the tabernacle, and he told them to build it. And here's what God says to Moses. He says, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Now, see this? God commanded them to build the tabernacle, and whenever God commands you, he always gives you a promise. God commanded them to build a tabernacle, and then he promised, I've given the skills necessary to do it to all the skilled workers. I've given the skills. There's nothing you can't do, God says, when I ask you to do it. So these are skills that these, that these workers have. And uh, today, uh, there's all kinds of skills and abilities, uh, whether that's for constructing a building or, uh, or watching children or cooking macaroni and cheese or playing tennis. There's all kinds of uh, skills and abilities that God gives. Um, so I found some lists of all these, and, and the lists are, uh, are some are short, some are long, but I wanted to give you some examples. And so from one of the lists I found, I'm going to read you a few examples of some abilities so you kind of get the gist of what we're talking about. Here are some examples. Analyzing, cooking, directing, editing, facilitating, landscaping, negotiating, organizing, persevering, recruiting, shopping. Some people have a special gift for shopping. I get that was on the list. Traveling, visualizing, welcoming, writing, just to name a few. Then I searched in the Bible. I said, okay, what kind of abilities can we look for in the Bible? And I I found this one, which which is a really good story about the prophet Daniel. And the Bible says that uh, God gave the prophet Daniel the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. So, not everybody had that ability, but God gave that ability to Daniel. Uh, Just like you have abilities that others don't have, and others have abilities that you don't have. And so, uh, I I want to highlight the importance of that, that everybody has different abilities, and so we're, gonna, we're going to appreciate the same thing in a different way. We're going to apply the same truth in a different way. And we all have different abilities. And so here's a story that I found that a pastor wrote. It's a very good story that illustrates this. It's a story about a bunch of animals who wanted to start a school. And uh, so uh, it says this. The course has included running, climbing, swimming, and flying. The animals decided that every animal should take all the courses. That's where the problem started. The duck was better than his teacher in swimming, but he made only passing grades in flying and was really poor in running. So they made him drop out of swimming and stay after school to practice running. This caused his webbed feet to be badly worn, so his grade dropped to an average in swimming. The rabbit started at the top of her class in running, but because of so much makeup work in swimming, She caught pneumonia and had to drop out of school. The squirrel showed outstanding ability in climbing, but he was extremely frustrated in flying class because the teacher insisted that he start from the ground up rather than from the treetop down. He pulled a hamstring from overexertion, and so he got a C in climbing and a D in running. Finally, the eagle was a problem student and was disciplined for being a nonconformist. For instance, in climbing class, he would beat all the others to the top of the tree, but he insisted on using his own way to get there. Finally, because he refused to participate in swimming classes, the eagle was expelled. So the point of this story is that God has has designed 
every creature to do what God designs that creature to do and not, not something different. And so God has designed you to be you and not to be someone else. You can do what God designed you to do, and you can do it well. Now, I want to talk about something here when it comes to the church and, and how we involve people in the church, and we, like to, we love volunteer ministry, but I want to warn us all about this. I call it the warm body syndrome. And what the warm body syndrome is, is that uh, there's a gap somewhere in our volunteer ministry, or we want to start a new program, and we think, wow, we need people. And so we just go out and find the nearest person, maybe someone that we know, maybe it's a really positive person who would like to be involved, and we just, we're looking for warm bodies to fill a position instead of matching skills to the position, matching abilities to the position. And so I'm saying it here publicly, if you are involved in volunteer ministry and it's not a fit for your ability, then take the off-ramp. Hey, this is not a fit, and that's great. And then let's look for something that does fit your ability. So, Let's get more into now what your abilities actually are. Uh, what are some skills that you are good at? As we talk about our skills and abilities, my encouragement for you is to remember two very important things. The first is this. Be aware of your abilities. And the second is beware of your abilities. All right, let's talk about being aware of your abilities. Know yourself. Know yourself, and don't be embarrassed about the abilities that God has given you. Those are gifts, and he wants you to delight in them and, and not, to be, not to have false humility about them. So, for instance, I, I believe I have the ability to be a public speaker, to be a preacher. All right, now, uh, there, there's not many people gifted with that ability. There's a very small percentage of people in the world that have that ability. Now, you may think, compared to other preachers and public speakers, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. That's fine. If you think that, I don't, I'm not comparing myself to other preachers. I'm comparing myself to everyone in the world and saying, I have an ability to speak publicly. Okay? So what's your ability? Don't, don't be embarrassed by it, but, but know yourself, and then do a self-assessment. There's a bunch of them out there. I, I really like uh, one that's called StrengthsFinder 2.0. It's by Gallup. And they changed the name. Now it's called Clifton Strengths. So if you Google that, Clifton Strengths by Gallup, you'll be able to read a book, take an assessment. You could do various levels from any $20 to $30. And there's 34 different strengths, and it tells you your top five. And, and this is very good. Our staff at CrossLife has done this, and it's, and it's really revealing. It's really helpful. And so when I look at that, I know myself, I study that, I realize, actually, um, when it comes to public speaking, I'm actually more of a writer than a speaker. And so I'm uh, speaking just spontaneously and extemporaneously scares me a little bit more than the average speaker. Um, so I need to write out what I'm speaking and then have it in my head and in my heart and then deliver it that way. I know that as I've studied about myself and done a self-assessment. Finally, Ask others what you're good at. Ask those who are close to you, who, who know you, coworkers, uh, people in your family, neighbors. Uh, ask them, uh, other church members who volunteer with you. Ask them, what am I good at? And listen to what they say. And as you've asked 10 people and eight people say, you know, you're really good at planning and organizing. That, that should affirm what you're thinking about, what your abilities are. So be aware of your abilities, and it can be a process to figure those out. That's fine. Take your time. Get involved. Do some exploring. Be aware of your abilities. Now, the second 
encouragement and truth uh, might be a bit more shocking to you than being aware of your abilities, and that's beware of your abilities. And here's what I mean by that. When you are unfaithful to God in some way, or you hurt other people, more times than not, it's going to involve your strengths, your abilities, not your weakness, not an area that you are not good at, but it'll involve your strengths. See, so our, our greatest weakness is not what we're not good at. Our greatest weakness is not our weakness. Our greatest weakness is our delusion of our strengths. It's when, it's when we have these strengths and we speak the language of that strength and that's how we operate the best and so we use that strength when we're unfaithful to God or we hurt others. Here, let me give you some examples. So Moses was, was given the ability to be a deliverer, right? Things went south and went bad and became a problem and Moses was sinning when he believed that he was a better deliverer than God was. And it was bad, it was a problem, it was a sin when Moses in Egypt thought he would lead the people out of Egypt and he killed a man thinking he was starting a revolution, thinking he would save them, and God had not given him permission to kill that man. It was a sin. That's when God extracted him out of Egypt and had to deliver Moses from himself and teach him humility for 40 years. Then as he led the people in the wilderness, there was a time that Moses struck a rock with his staff and God did, didn't tell him to do that. He was trying to get water. See, and then, and then Moses, there were times where he wasn't delegating and wasn't sharing the leadership with the people and his father-in-law had to come and tell him, you need, uh, Moses, you need to delegate. You need to give some things away. Um, you're not in charge. You're not the king. You're a deliverer, but not the deliverer. See, so that's what it looks like by using our strengths to be unfaithful to God and, and even hurt other people. Let me give you another, another example. Um, when the Bible says about the prophet Daniel that he had the ability to solve difficult problems. Have you ever met someone who has that ability to solve difficult problems? Here's what that person operates like. Here's what they look like. First of all, they can be very negative people because they see the problems and everything. They tend to see the glass half empty instead of half full. They're good at solving problems, so they're going to see problems all around the place. And then they're going to be very convinced that their solution is always the right solution and that their opinion is always the right opinion. They're going to tell you what sunscreen you should use or not use. They're going to tell you the, 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 the be-all, end-all cure to hiccups. They're going to tell you what the government should or should not be doing as if that's going to solve all the problems in the world. See that? So they have the gift, and if when they don't beware of having the gift and using the gift and managing it well, that's when it creates problems. So for the times that you and I use our abilities, our talents, our gifts from God, without be, we don't beware. It's like evil superpowers used against God, against others for sinful purposes. Maybe you have the ability to use humor and I, you have used humor in a way to manipulate others. Maybe you have a gift, a talent for writing. You've used writing in a way, sarcastic or powerful writing, in a way that hurt others. 
Maybe you have a, a, an ability to negotiate. You can negotiate so well that you've exploited and manipulated others with your skills of negotiating to get something for yourself instead of putting their interests ahead of your own. That's how we use our strengths, just like Moses did. And then God needs to deliver us too. And, and who does he need to deliver, to deliver us from? He needs to deliver us from ourselves. And he does. He delivers us from ourselves and here's the good news. He doesn't make us to be anyone else. He lets us be us. The, the me that God made me to be, he still allows me to be even when he needs to deliver me from me. So uh, it's Memorial Day weekend here. Uh, we give thanks to uh, all of those uh, men and women in the, in the service of our country who have, who have died and given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Um, there's, a, there's a saying that goes around, typically around Memorial Day weekend, and that saying is, all gave some, some gave all. What a great reminder. We can plug that into this lesson today, this teaching, and say that we all have some. We all have some gift. And then, I like to put it this way, one gave all, and that's Jesus. Jesus gave all. If Jesus had an ability, you can only name one, he had many of them, but if you could name one, I would say the ability that, that God the Father gave to his son Jesus was Redeemer. That would be his, that, that actually is a name, a title that we call Jesus, Redeemer. And to redeem means to ransom something, to, to pay a price and to rescue it. In a sense, Jesus was also a deliverer like Moses, but he was a much better deliverer. And so Jesus had the ability to pay a price, he paid with his own life, the ultimate sacrifice, to redeem you, to, to rescue you from yourself, to deliver you from yourself. That's what he did for Moses, and it comes into play here then when they're building the tabernacle. So God told Moses, verses two and three, I have chosen Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Uh, the word chosen there actually means called by name. And so there was a name on this job for, for leading the construction project of the tabernacle. There was a name on that job, and that name, only the name Bezalel would do it, and God named Bezalel to do that job. God had his name all over it. That's the point. He named Bezalel to lead that project. Why did he name Bezalel to do it? Because God had already filled him and skilled him. God had filled Bezalel with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God. And so Bezalel, being a human being like the rest of us and being flawed and broken, had made mistakes before, had, had used his gifts to sin against God and people before. And, and God is saying, but I have filled Bezalel with my Holy Spirit and I've emptied him of all that bad stuff. There is no sin in Bezalel anymore when my spirit fills him. He hasn't made mistakes. He's not a failure. He's not guilty of anything. He doesn't have to be ashamed. He hasn't, he hasn't let me down. He's filled with my spirit, God says, and the same is true of you. And secondly, Bezalel worked for a deliverer who was greater than Moses. He worked for that Savior named Jesus. That Savior, God the Father who designed uh, and created Bezalel and brought him into this world, God the Spirit who filled him, God the Son, Jesus Christ, who, who would go on to save Bezalel from himself when, he when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead filled him, and now they give him skills. They skilled him as well. And here's what it says, that 
God skilled him with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Have you ever started a project and you couldn't finish the project because you didn't have the right tool? It's never that way with God. With God, he always gives you every ability you need to do what he asks you to do. Do you ever finish a project, you complete a project, and afterwards you look at it, and you're like, oh, it, 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 it doesn't meet your expectations. It's not what you had hoped it would be. That, that is never true when you're doing what God wants you to do and using the abilities God has given you. When you use God-given abilities, you shine and your work shines every time. Have you ever improved a skill, an ability that you have, and when you've improved it, you've really appreciated and enjoyed your new and improved performance. God did that for Moses. Moses could not deliver the Israelites from Egypt when he was 40 years old and he tried on his own and he failed. It took another 80 years for Moses to finally, when he was 120 years old, deliver the Israelites to the promised land. God developed Moses, all of those decades of Moses' life, with patience and understanding and mercy and power, and God develops you too. So what I'm saying is this. Be aware of your abilities, but, but even more so, even more importantly, be aware of God. I like this verse at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God fills you and he skills you with everything you need to do that he asks you to do. So when you do that and you do it for him, you and your work will always shine. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Tell Podcasts. Tell's mission is simple teaching you the real gospel so you can teach others. Remember, truth brings peace. For more about TEL, visit us on Facebook or at tellnetwork.org.